Mary and Joseph drove into town searching for a place to stay. The moon was up and his foot was down. A miracle was on its way. They tried the hotels, the motels, a bed and breakfast locals, but no one seemed to have any room. Christmas be without Mary and Joseph, Malcolm and Wise, Laura and Hardy, crack a surprise, lights on the pine tree, and more out to shave. I'm not forgetting Jesus who was born on Christmas Day. This is episode 290, entitled Christmas Day. 1979. The reference is to the excerpt we just heard of the song by Squeeze entitled Christmas Day, and it's an absolute must. Listen to the whole thing when you can. It's easy to find. And um, the uh, meditation is really on the nature of faith from a Christmas point of view, and it's a kind of a furtherance of the theme of faith and hope that... um, came into perspective for the last two podcasts on um, gratitude, peace, and faith slash hope that has drawn an amazing response. And I'd like to talk about it because I really feel it. I really feel the question of faith and the future vis-a-vis one's ultimate future after death and one's future even in the present now, which is often quite dispossessed and languid, if not downright depressed, and rarely full of vim and vigor, but more often just full of distraction. And I'd like to um, reflect, in fact, on a meme that was sent out um, this week from Pastor Paula, my friend and uh, someone whose wisdom I admire from on high. And she had a meme relevant to the nature of the future and faith that is actually highly counterintuitive and very interesting. And if you'll give me a minute, I think I can make it fun. And we're going to close the uh, podcast on the house bands uh, version, which you've probably, I almost think I can guarantee, with the exception of Lex and David, who do the Well of Sound so brilliantly, entitled Mother Nature. New Mother Nature, not to be confused with the famous Guess Who combination um, of two songs, including that one. This is the original solo and only version of the song on its own terms, live from the Paramount, a section of it only, an excerpt called New Mother Nature, because it's about newness. Now, Paula put out a meme that actually said to me a great deal, both about what it did say and honestly about what it didn't say and the nature of kind of what she calls, and I think it's legitimate, the natural, um, Campus Crusade people used to call this the carnal. Another way of putting it would be simply um, life in this world uh, versus, you might say, conventional worldly wisdom, albeit wisdom as it actually could, is and can be applied, and wisdom that is not of this world, which is true wisdom. And this um, meme or little Instagram she put on board actually is um, non-worldly, but New Testament wisdom for you and for me, very definitely. And I'll read the little meme, and it was this. She writes, stop fo- focusing on what, quote, wasn't, end of quote, and start focusing on 
what will be, exclamation point. Let me repeat that. Stop focusing on what, quote, wasn't, end of quote, and start focusing on what will be, exclamation point. Now, think about that for just a minute and put on all your sort of um, normal, if you've ever been to seminary, if you've ever been to, tried to get or gotten your MSW, if you've ever done any kind of psychology courses, done any meditation, done any mindfulness, done any Buddhistic popular and also often very insightful programs of practice to bring you into the present tense. You will have heard that meme, but with one very significant difference. The way it would come from almost everybody I've ever heard, starting going way back to when I was first entering Ideas of the Ministry, back in the very early 70s, and in fact early and mid-60s, going back to the kind of, um, it was called the Mid-Atlantic Training the Mid-Atlantic Training Company, I think it was called, Mid-Atlantic Training Committee of the uh, uh, that affected the churches so much, the main line and especially the Episcopal churches, and it's had about 10,000 iterations since 1966-67 when I first was exposed to this teaching, and then when I got ordained, I was uh, absolutely compelled to accept it. Uh, I didn't mind that the teaching itself was of great interest, but the being compelled to, to accept it, and I now see it differently than I did, but it, this is what we would have normally heard, actually right up to this exact express moment in the year 2019. Stop focusing on what wasn't and start focusing on what is. Now, that's what the way it's normally conveyed, whether you're, you know, um, whether you hear it in the diocese of wherever you are or whether you hear it, as I said, at um, Columbia University or MSW program or whether you hear it in med school or whether you hear it in almost anybody you can name, this is what you'll hear. Stop focusing on what, quote, wasn't. That is to say all these various possibilities, possibility thinking, futurizing, uh, past second guessing, all these different conceptions you have about what you wished had been true and what did not happen, what ought to have happened but definitely didn't happen, and rather goes the normal teaching, start focusing on what is. In other words, all you have is the present moment. Haven't you heard this before? There, nothing exists but the present moment. All you actually have is the present moment. You can't do a darn thing about the future. You can't do anything about the past because it's in the past. All you have any kind of control or authority over or hegemony over, autonomy over, is the present moment. That's, so live in the present. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. That was the way it was in the 70s in the church. That was a Catholic nun although I think it was probably written by the same guy that wrote the so-called, um, that famous uh, inscription in a Baltimore churchyard from 1617 that turned out to have been written by a very nice secular man, a good nice man uh, in Baltimore in 1935 or something like that. Um, live in the now. Uh, the only thing you have is the now, so be present, be here now. Wasn't that a group? Be here now. Wasn't that the subject of a of a famous album? And I remember saying to David Zoll when he was young, I said, well, you know, the trouble with that title of Be Here Now by an extremely famous English band was that um, it'll turn tomorrow into Was There Then. So, so um, the present moment is evanescent and highly diffuse and um, important, dead right. That's what I would have heard. And what's so interesting, when I read Paula's meme, and I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure she, she may not, because she's not been really, she hasn't had to live in the world of the main line, which um, I have 
my in, entire education, shall I put it that way, and most of my time in the church. Um, we have not lived in the world of uh, Henrik Bavink. I was at a bookstore the other day, and the theologian of the week was Hermann Bavink, and I said, my gosh, what, kind of, what an unusual bookstore this is. But I've not lived either in the world of Westminster Theological Seminary, nor in the world of, of Oak Hill Theological College, nor in the world of Moore Theological College, much as uh, I admire the last two, nor in the world of Virginia Seminary, nor in the world of EDS, now in New York City. I met the new dean there recently, whom I'd met years ago, very nice person at St. John the Divine, or EDS, or you name it, Union Theological. Um, we all would have heard something to the effect of, especially in the main line, Today is the first day. Focus on the present. And what's so extraordinary about Paul is start focusing on what will be is, and I believe it's entirely unselfconscious. That, in a way, tells me about the nature of wisdom, because worldly wisdom, we, we get all these messages and we think that they're great. You know, this is wonderful. Sounds really good. But it's not really specifically New Testament, or it doesn't partake. It's, it's common wisdom. It could be Eastern wisdom. It may be great wisdom. It may be true and marvelous wisdom. But it's not the same thing as Revelation. It just isn't. So when you read that, I do not know a place where the New Testament would say, stop focusing on what wasn't and start focusing on what is. I would think that the New Testament, and I could name you millions of chapters and verses from the words of Jesus right on through to the words of the book of Revelation, let alone St. Paul, St. John, and St. Philemon, start focusing on what will be. That is, in fact, a much... um, more unnatural and supernatural and faithful position. And it's really the only way to go. But what I wanted to say first, I had two thoughts. First, think of how much wisdom that you think is wisdom, but it's really just the world's wisdom. I mean, one of the things that I sometimes realize now is that, you know, for years and years and years, I would troll, that's the current word, I would walk through every conceivable movie, every conceivable foreign movie, Federico Fellini, uh, you know, um, um, John Borman, uh, um, Ingrid Bergman, looking desperately for Christian references that I could then sort of say, well, see, there's a little bit of Christianity, there cries and whispers by Bergman, um, John Ford, who really was a Christian, but um, he had other concerns as well that were not strictly speaking New Testament, but he's a, not a good example. But I would just walk through every conceivable auteur in popular culture and song looking for something that had a little bit of Christianity. And often I was sort of hard up and I would almost over, I would over freight or over, read, read into one minor reference to a Christian dogma and take it as something larger or see a little tiny moment of grace as in Babette's Feast and then come to find out that Babette's Feast was really written by a highly anti-clerical and anti-Christian person who was trying to show that the church had gotten it completely wrong in favor of this rather scandal-freighted, not really, but seemingly scandal-freighted French free-thinking woman who, in fact, embodied the grace of God much more than any pietistic Christians. Well, of course, that's true. That is often true in this world, but it was not meant that way by Isaac Dennison. She meant it as a full-blown attack. There's even a word for it in literary criticism. I can't remember. I think it's sort of like, I think it's something called, like, like um, it's the equivalent of saying camouflage Christianity that really isn't. In other words, you see Christianity in the camouflage, but the author actually didn't saw it as an attack. It's why I was, Mary and I were so unbelievably blown away by the work of Guareschi, the once very famous um, Italian writer who was on the right. Uh, that is to say, he was not a communist after World War II. And he wrote a series of uh, 
short stories uh, on Don Camillo, a traditionalist, conservative, but wonderfully big-hearted and really dear and wily, uh, but somewhat ideological uh, Christian Catholic priest in the Po River Valley who gets involved in a foltfass against an impassable confrontation with the communist mayor of the city. Because remember, that was a day when Bernie Sanders was elected all over the place in Italy. The Communist Party officially, the Socialist Party officially came to power after World War II as a kind of reaction against the fascists. And we understand that. But in these stories that were made into many movies starring a brilliant Italian, I think he was Italian, but he may have been Spanish or maybe French comic. I think he was Italian, um, playing the priest. The priest um, actually talks to Jesus on the cross constantly. He uh, embodies and evokes a Christianity that is explicit, real, and overwhelmingly powerful. And if you read Goreshi himself, you discover that these stories are not ones where we're to sort of cherry pick a little bit of Christianity or a little bit of grace here and there. They are a frontal assault on um, secular humanistic values in favor of the church, but in a particularly clever, somewhat detached and delightful and comedic way. Um, but, you know, after all these years, I've been looking in Minmar Bergman, who is not a Christian and was in fact an atheist until near the end of his life, but now he, he would not call himself an atheist. But um, I've been looking so doggedly for elements of Christianity and through a glass darkly and winter light and uh, the, that one about the bishop that's so anti-clerical to say the least, etc., etc., and um, really sort of uh, having little bits and bobs of Christian reference points, but and looking through songs, just dying to find something in the Beatles or something in the Dave Clark Five and failing. And yet then I read Guareshi and see these incredible movies that you haven't seen and you can get them. They're, I've, they're a major gift to yourself or to someone you love on Koch Lorber DVD in a beautiful, relatively recent edition. You will be, it will blow your mind what a really distinctly Christian movie is as opposed to a movie where you're sort of bringing more to it than was intended like Babette's Feast. Now, I don't don't think I don't love Babette's Feast. I've shown it twice, three times. Three times I've shown it in church groups, and it is a powerful movie about grace. But nevertheless, don't be entirely fooled until you see Don Camillo and the return of Don Camillo, and then you'll see a whole other level, as we say. Well, anyway... Um, my point was that um, a real Christian statement, as opposed to a kind of co-opted, generalized wisdom statement about the nature of faith, is seen here when Paula White writes, stop focusing on what, quote, wasn't, end of quote, and start focusing on what will be. That's the difference, not what is, what is, is, absolutely. But what will be is the only thing that matters. I, I, uh, I, um... Some people got uncomfortable when I was unsatisfied with Atul Gawande's very brilliant and very insightful and very helpful book, Mortality. I think that's what it is called, On Mortality. Very good book about the dying process, and I don't deny it for a minute. I wish I'd written the book. However, it has one glaring and explicit, total... Vash, that's a cow. Uh, what's the word? A, a, a gap. And the gap, a hole. And the hole is... Um, it never it specifically and explicitly refuses to ever talk about faith from any perspective, Hindu, Muslim, or Christian, or Jewish, or any way you want to put it, about what happens to the soul or to the person, the human person, Paul, after death. It absolutely embargoes that discussion. And so from where I'm coming from, ultimately, it's not worth the paper it's printed on, even though it's fantastic, even though stop focusing on what wasn't and start focusing on what is, is fantastic, compared to start focusing on what will be, it's worth nothing. 
because what will be is all that counts. Where am I going? I remember speaking at the funeral of my friend. I've talked about Lloyd many times, but when he died and finally we did put together a funeral, by the grace of God, it really worked out. Finally, we had a funeral. In in today's world, a lot of your friends won't have funerals. Your secular friends, they will have maybe celebrations of life, maybe, or they'll have some kind of, quote, um, service, uh, celebration of life or memorial service to be announced later. And you know what? It almost never happens. Occasionally, later on, there is a gathering of friends to toast and salute this person, whatever you want to call it. But in fact, listen, I'm telling you the truth. It, people, there's denial of death is so great, they won't even have the, the great event that they promise, uh, let alone the funeral that really was called for. They, they, they won't do it. But um, the, uh, because the, stop focusing on what is, is not, is not enough. Start focusing on, on the present. What will be, and so I got in front of. We finally did a service, and we did it in an Episcopal church, uh, a church of, of where his father, Lloyd's father, had been the assistant minister, and in fact had at one point been a priest in charge, I believe, in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I came to the end of the uh, little talk about Lloyd, and we were so devastated by his loss, and we loved him. All of us loved him so much. And then I, but I did was given to say. Now the final question, and this may be the most important one, is where is Lloyd now? And you could have heard a pin drop because everybody, suddenly I had everybody's attention. Now, I'm not saying whatever I said, and you can read it. It's out there. So I think link it's on the site, um, mardicortezbaja.com. I think it's on Lloyd's site, which is still there. I think my sermon is out there. But whatever, um, I, 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 just, just by bringing up the question, everybody said, because we all want to know. We're all scared witless about what the future holds. And if it holds nothing, then this life of all men, we are the most to be pitied. I mean, this is a ridiculous joke. This is a crock, to quote Lindsey Graham. This is a crock. If, uh, if uh, this whole life is a crock, if uh, there's absolutely nothing before or beyond, because then it really is meaningless. And if it's meaningless, then why go through a meaningless gesture? Why not just shut up shop? That's what I think, at least. Well, and believe me, people who believe that ultimately commit suicide many, 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 many it's never said in the statement in the newspaper. Start focusing on, they commit suicide, maybe a strong word, bring an end to their lives through medicine. That may be a more accurate way of putting it. Start focusing on what will be. Well, that's what I wanted to say. And what will be is we are going into the arms of love. It's like we're falling into the, we're falling into the, into the uh, place, no longer the world. We're falling, stop the world, I want to get off. We're getting off the world. And yet we're, um, we're hitting a trampoline and we're bouncing we're not, in fact, uh, left to our own devices. And we're bouncing into the arms of the everlasting, the everlasting arms known as the compassionate Christ. Rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood be to me a cleansing flood. Rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. This is the power of the Christian hope, and I believe it. And uh, without it, you know, I mean, where's that uh, mix of alcohol and sleeping pills? I mean, you know, uh, but with it, um, I'm ready for the next phase, aren't you? Well, we're going to end with um, a little bit of a clip, an excerpt from New Mother Nature by the Guess Who, live at the Paramount.
tonight. 